You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, 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 it's episode 162 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time at the podcast, at the Soul Forge podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If this is not your first time, well, welcome back. I'm glad to have you again. What are we talking about this week? Well, this has been a rather difficult week to come up with ideas and topics and whatnot. I thought about having a guest on the show. Uh, I talked to Jason earlier, and I uh, was supposed to talk about life with baby, because he, he did the Preparing for Baby episode. The baby's a year and a half old. Uh, because COVID happened, we didn't get to talk about it earlier. But that's not happening this week. He wanted to talk about having a vasectomy. We, we're maybe going to talk about that one of these days. Uh, I thought about doing an entire episode on the imposter syndrome. And I almost did it, but I think that seems to be more of a conversational episode. So we'll have to have somebody on for that as well. Uh, so it's, it's not that easy. Uh, the one thing I did think, imposter syndrome sounds like an awesome punk band name. Now I want to go learn how to play some musical instruments. Uh, I have no musical talent whatsoever. It's very sad. I think on my Wish episode, if I had one wish, it would have been uh, to, to be musically inclined. And I, I'm not. I can't carry a tune. I can't figure out how to play any instruments. It's just not in me. I don't have those skills at all. So it's very sad. So then I was looking at other things, and I thought, well, we could talk about the difference in dating between uh, Gen Xers and Millennials, but I think that's more of a roundtable discussion, so I'm hoping to get people for that one of these days coming up. Uh, I haven't been able to interview anybody else regarding their successful marriages, because if you remember back at the beginning of the year, that was one of my goals, to sit down with successfully married couples and interview them on their secrets and steal their secrets and give them all to you out there in podcast land. I think we've only done Josh and Kitty so far, but uh, I'm hoping for more in the uh, weeks and months ahead. You never know what the future's going to hold. Uh, and then I was going to read some more poetry or some short stories that I wrote, and uh, I don't want to do that quite yet. I, I like to dole those out every six or eight months, and we're not due for another one of those quite yet. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, it's just going to be kind of a half-assed episode because next week is the three-year anniversary. And wouldn't it be awesome if some of you listeners out there in podcast land sent me an email, either a written one or a voice recording, an MP3 of your thoughts 
on how you feel the Soul Forge podcast has impacted or influenced your life over the past three years. That would be amazing. Uh, where are all you listeners out there? I, I don't hear from you very often, so any kind of feedback would be great. Uh, speaking of anniversaries and milestones, this past week my other podcast, The Rusted Robot, reached 300 episodes after six and a half years. So if you're not listening to Rusted Robot for your weekly geekly dose, then you definitely should be. You don't have to have listened to all 300 other episodes. It's a weekly news-style geek-centric show all about pop culture, celebrity deaths, casting news, whatever's happening that past week in the world of entertainment. Before we go on, before I forget, we should play a promo for another podcast here on the ESO Network. I did not check to see which one was next in rotation, so you're going to be as surprised as I am during the editing process. Do you know you could take the Dragon Con report with you wherever you go? Heck, we're even now up on Alexa. Hey Alexa, play the Dragon Con podcast up on iHeartRadio. Playing the Dragon Con report from iHeartRadio. Playing the latest episode. The 2020 Dragon Con Report, Episode 2. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the 2020 Dragon Con Report. Now, how cool is that? Remember, the Dragon Con Report can be found wherever you find podcasts. See you at the show in September. And I hope that was an amazing podcast promo. I'm sure it was, because what's not to love here on ESO Network? Okay, so what are we going to talk about? Well... Like I said, it's kind of a half-assed episode. We're going to talk about astrological signs, the zodiac. Just going to pull up Wikipedia here for you, and uh, tells me that in Western astrology, astrological signs are the twelve thirty-degree sectors of the ecliptic, starting at the vernal equinox, one of the intersections of the ecliptic with the celestial equator. And what does that mean? I got no fucking clue. That's what that means. Uh, it's also known as the first point of Aries. The order of the astrological signs are, and you'll know these ones, it's uh, basically your birth month, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. And as you'll know, each sector was named for a constellation it was passing through in times of its naming. And the concept of the zodiac originated in the Babylonian astrology and was later influenced by Hellenistic culture. That's Greeks for you. Uh, according to astrology, celestial phenomena relate to human activity on the principle of as above, so below. So the signs are held to represent characteristic modes of expression. So basically, it's all a bunch of bullshit. And if you follow your horoscope, that's what this is based on. And it's so generic and so general that it could actually mean anything for anybody. But a lot of the times, it does seem to, if you interpret it widely enough, actually line up with who you are as a person. Now, me, being born in September, I'm a Virgo. So a few years ago, I was interested in a girl, and she was way into astrology. So I made a whole album on Facebook uh, called I'm a Virgo, Here's What You Need to Know. And uh, I found a whole bunch of stuff, and so I'm just going to go through some of them. I haven't looked at this album in years. Uh, let's see when I did that. November 25th, 2015. So that's almost five years ago. Who was the girl? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, Virgo, if you're a Virgo, you were born from... August 23rd to September 23rd. Your symbol is the Virgin, your element is the Earth, and your planet is Mercury. 
Uh, your lucky color is blue, your lucky stone is sapphire, your lucky day is Wednesday, and your lucky number is five. What are the qualities of a Virgo according to this little post? You have, you are analytical, modest, responsible, hardworking, sensitive, smart, meticulous, and magnetic. Feedback time, soulforgepodcast at gmail.com. Am I analytical, modest, responsible, hardworking, sensitive, smart, meticulous, and magnetic? Uh, let's see. Am I a- analytical? Yes, I am. I can break things down and figure out all the little nitty-gritties of stuff. Am I modest? Yeah, for the most part, I'm modest. I, I don't go around saying I'm great. Everybody loves me. I am so great. No, I don't do that. Am I responsible? Yeah, for the most part, I am. Hardworking? Ooh. Ask my bosses at work. Uh, I do my job. Do I half-ass it sometimes? Yeah, I do. Am I sensitive? I'm sensitive. I'm smart? Yeah, I'm fucking brilliant. Am I meticulous? I can be. I can be a perfectionist. And am I magnetic? Well, you'd have to ask the ladies for that, but uh, yeah, I've got a pretty magnetic personality. I guess I'm not modest, am I? Uh, okay, so the, it says here, the kings and queens of obsessing over everything, the Virgo. Yeah, I've been known to obsess over things a time or two. I'm sure I've done several episodes about that. Uh, Virgos are known to delight in helping others or being of service, and this is definitely one of their strong points, but they also have the ability to find things out and get the information needed to see things into fruition. Want to know how to put something together? Ask a Virgo. Having a hard time finding something out? Ask a Virgo. Yep, it's true. I was always the one who uh, put all the toys together at Christmas time, because I would read the instructions, figure it out, and get it working. So yeah, I guess that's true. But I'm sure that's true for a lot of other astrological signs as well. Okay, here's a good one. Virgo gets irritated if you try to force them to communicate. If they decide not to on a particular day, trust that it's for a good reason. Yeah, that's true. If I don't want to talk, leave me alone, you bastards. Uh, The Virgo man in love. He's very serious, loyal, and committed. Since he's a perfectionist, he expects his lover to be a perfectionist like him. He's very picky. He wants the perfect lover. Since he's patient, he first takes time to get to know the person very well. He also wants someone who will be there for him. The Virgo man can have a hard time dealing with his emotions since he lives in his head. That's why he usually does not make the first step when it comes to revealing his feelings. To show that he loves a person, he will do it through action. Buying a gift, for example. Yeah, and that could be true. That's uh, that's pretty close to who I am as a person. What can the Virgo man offer you? Or any Virgo, I guess, a woman too. Uh, trustworthiness and a helping hand. Intelligent conversations. Appreciation through actions rather than words. A devoted and reliable friendship. An eye for detail to keep you out of total social embarrassment. Candid and useful advice. And rational solutions to problems. Yeah, it's true. I do all that. And how about Virgo and the inner you? It's difficult for others to know what you're really feeling on the inside. You may look calm and at ease, but on the inside you're nothing but on edge. Your mind is always on overdrive and you end up getting so physically drained because you're constantly overthinking and overanalyzing things. You try to hide your emotional intensity and deep sensitivity from others. It's part of your secret life, but others may think you're incapable of deep emotions. Deep down you want to feel important and essential in the lives of those you care about. You like to feel useful and appreciated and you like helping others and giving advice to friends. That, my friends, right there is completely accurate. I may look calm at ease, but on the inside, yeah, I could be a bundle of nerves. And is that from my upbringing? I don't know. Is that because I'm bor- bo- I was born under the Virgo sign? Couldn't tell you. 
A good example of that is, you know, when you're walking along and somebody's in a truck or a car and they see you walking by and they beep a horn to scare you. Well, that happens to me quite a bit. And do I jump? I don't. My reactions do not show up on the outside, but on the inside, my heart's beating, my heart's racing, but there's no physical reaction on the outside and it drives people crazy. And that's part of either being a Virgo or not showing my emotions so I don't get hurt. I'm not sure which one it is, but there you have it. The Virgo child is constantly seeking out new adventures and tends to do well in school. That's true, I did. Uh, quite talkative and interactive, will make friends easily, but can be shy at first. Yep, that's true, very shy at first. Likes being given things to do and will do it well. May inquire or ask a lot of questions. Yep. Criticism hurts him or her a lot and may keep them from immediately trying again. No, that's not true necessarily. I, I don't give up on things. Uh, I'll beat my head against the wall before I give up. I, I always try to complete whatever it is. So not 100% accurate, but what is? Uh, and, and that's what the next uh, little thing here is. Uh, zodiac traits number one, a Virgo always gives his or her 100%. There's no half-hearted participation. That's right. I'm either all in or all out. There's no in between. And Virgos are one of the main signs to suffer in silence. They internalize a lot of hurt feelings and stress. Yep, that's me. I don't say what's bothering me. I hide it. I hold it in. And uh, I just deal with it. Virgos are known to be trustworthy and honest, which means you can share your deepest secrets and they won't go talking behind your back. That's right, gang. You can tell me anything. Virgos are very appreciative of kind gestures. However, they can be a bit skeptical of kindness towards certain people. They want to make sure that they're putting efforts towards those who truly want to be their friends and who aren't being fake. Yep, nothing worse than a faker. And it's, it's hard to tell sometimes who really wants your attention and what, they, what their motivations are. So yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Believe it or not, Virgos are highly emotional, but they often either don't know exactly how they're feeling or can have a hard time accepting what they're feeling. That's true. It's, it's hard to analyze all your emotions at all times. Don't always know what I'm feeling, and it takes a while to figure that out. Now, what else we got? The Virgo man. He takes a lot of pride in who he is and what he's worked hard for. He gravitates to people with brains. He likes to pamper his mate, but can ignore them when they become too demanding or controlling. He's secretly very insecure. He's serious in relationships. He'll analyze a person very well because he likes details. He can be quite vain. He likes to be productive and a serious perfectionist. Yep, that sounds about right. You can go ask Julie. I'm sure she's already seen some of that. Yeah, let's see. Virgo is good at a lot of things, and one of those things is hiding their true emotions. This makes it hard to read them at times. Yeah, that's true. People have had a hard time reading me in the past, but some people can read me like an open book. So I guess it uh, depends on your own star sign. Maybe you're a good reader of things like that. I don't know. Oh, here's, here's one that's totally accurate. Most Virgos are better at expressing themselves through writing. Verbal expression is usually harder for them. True, I've always been a writer. That's completely accurate. Oh, here, Virgo and what they hate. People who unnecessarily touch their things and move their stuff around. Correct. Don't touch my fucking stuff, you bastards. Uh, number two, people who do not know how to do their job or do something that is supposed to be simple. Mm, yeah, that's true. Uh, unreasonable and stubborn people and those who play weak and whine. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, brash and arrogant people who exhibit carelessness and stupidity. Yep, hate that as well. It's all true. Okay, great things about Virgo. You're productive. You don't fake it for people. When you love, you love hard. You're dependable and loyal. You pay attention to things others may not pay attention to. 
Yeah, that's true. I remember being in high school, and I would always hear the uh, the buzzing of the fluorescent lights that nobody else heard. It would drive me crazy. Uh, number, I don't know what this is, but you don't like wasting money. That's true. You don't have to be over the top to get attention. Correct. And you constantly seek to improve yourself. Yeah, it's true. That's why I started this friggin' podcast in the first place, to help myself and to help you guys. What are Virgos like? They're easygoing and reserved for the most part. Uh, they have a tendency to be people pleasers and they love feeling needed. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, they're overthinkers and they can obsess about something for a long period of time. Very true. Uh, will stand their ground. They're not pushovers. Mm, no, a lot of times I don't like confrontations, so I don't always stand my ground. But if it's important, I will. Uh, they're inquisitive by nature and they know how to find things out. Yep, that's true. Uh, they're ter- determined and will finish what they start. And they're humble and don't need the limelight. That is quite true. I will stand aside and let somebody else take the spotlight because I really don't want it. If you are loving this podcast, if you're loving this podcast, you should tell a friend about it. Spread the word about podcasts you think they would enjoy. There's something for everyone from entertainment and lifestyle to news and politics and more. Share it on social media. Believe it or not, some people don't know how great podcasts are or even how to find and listen to them. You can help change that with a click. Tell your friends about your favorite podcast. Thanks for spreading the word. Uh, the love matches. The best is Taurus, Capricorn, Scorpio, and Cancer. Uh, possible is Gemini, Virgo, Aquarius, and Pisces. And difficult, Aries, Sagittarius, Sagittarius Libra, and Leo. And if I remember my star signs right, I believe Julie is a Capricorn. Uh, whatever she is, uh, her and I are the most compatible match. So, so far, so good. It's almost six months in, and it's awesome. So ask a Virgo for an opinion on any matter and they will give you the most truthful answer, even if it hurts you. Not always. I I try to spare people's feelings. Uh, Let's see. What do we got? And exactly what I said. Virgos keep silent a lot of the time because they know their words can cut like a knife. Just like Brian Adams used to sing. It cuts like a knife. And he was right. So I guess that's it. That's uh, what I put in there for that uh, album on Facebook to describe who I am as a person. Uh, I could probably go over all the various astrological signs and talk about their history and symbolism, uh, the polarity and the four elements, the modalities, the planetary rulerships, the dates table, all that kind of stuff, uh, the symbolism, whatever. Uh, But for the most part, I believe you guys already know most of that crap. Uh, Is it true? Is it not true? I really don't know. Um... It's interesting to think about. It's interesting to play with your horoscope and maybe have that... uh, It's kind of like tarot cards, too. You know, it's all that woo-woo stuff. Is it real? Is it not? Is it part of the hidden kingdom of the universe that uh, it's behind the curtain of reality? It may be be, uh, something that really affects us, and it may not. It's kind of hard to tell. There's no way to really know. But anyway, uh, this is just, like I said, it's a kind of a half-assed episode because I needed to talk to you guys about something. I didn't want to do a lot of research into the imposter syndrome. That, that's the uh, the fear of success and thinking like you're a fraud and that kind of stuff. So maybe that'll be an episode one of these days. If any of you listeners out there want to be on the show, we could do a Skype call and we could talk about whatever you want. Uh, I think that would be great because... Honestly, it's hard to come up with topics week after week after week after week after week. So next week is going to be the three-year anniversary show. Not 100% sure what I'm going to do. Um, If you could send me 
something to acknowledge that fact. I could, t- I could talk about those things, just like I got feedback from some of the listeners for uh, 300 episodes of Rusted Robot Podcast. So anyway, go to soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links. I'm going to do that right now and pull it up and tell you exactly what's there. We've got support me on Kofi or coffee. Yeah, if you want to support the show, send some money for the hosting fees. That would be great. Uh, you can do that right there. It just says support now. Below that, we've got the Twitter link, which I sometimes use, the Facebook page link, my Instagram account, the iTunes preview. If you'd like to go ahead and leave a five-star review for the podcast, that would be amazing, gang. Uh, the YouTube channel. Yeah, find me on YouTube. Listen to the episodes right there while you're doing something else. We've got the Spotify link. Heck yeah, SoulForge is on Spotify. And I got a link for the Rusted Robot Podcast. I guess I should actually put a link for Cosmic Pizza. For Cosmic Pizza Podcast as well, since that's the newest podcast hosted by me and Paul and Dan. And uh, if you're not listening to Cosmic Pizza, Rusted Robot, uh, all the other podcasts here on the ESO Network, what are you doing with your lives? Are you being productive and doing something better? Well, that's great. I'm glad for you. That's amazing. Uh, Anyway, I'm just rambling because that's sometimes what I do. But anyway, I just want you to know, thanks for three years of wonderfulness. Uh, Share the links with your friends, follow the Facebook page, do all the things, and remember, meet me in the middle of your story when the soul is worn but wise. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated, and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Remember that you can visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links. And don't forget to share the show with everyone you know. The Soul Forge Podcast is your best source for living your best life. Think about it. One of the things Jung wrote a lot about was astrology, strangely enough, slash astronomy. And one of Jung's contentions, this is a very interesting one, was that because the night sky was completely unknown, people could project their fantasies into it. And that's what they did with with, uh, astrology. So astrology is this cumulative fantasy that's going on in in that, roughly speaking, in the deep unconscious, projected onto the sky. And so if you analyze old astrological writings, what you're really doing is analyzing old fantasies. And because of that, you could develop some insight into the structure of the mind. And so he did the same thing with alchemy in his later writings, which are very, very difficult to understand, but extremely worthwhile. Astrology was astronomy in its nascent form. And astrology was also science in its nascent form, just like alchemy was chemistry in its nascent form. And so sometimes you have to dream a crazy dream with all of the error that that crazy dream entails because you have an intuition that there's something there to motivate you to develop the intuition to the point where it actually becomes of genuine practical utility. Now, when we look back on the astrologers and we view their contributions to the history of the world with contempt, we should also remember that the people who built Stonehenge, for example, and the first people who decided, determined that our fates were in part written in the stars, were people whose astrological beliefs were indistinguishable from their astronomical beliefs. And you might think, well, in what sense is your fate written in the stars? And I would say it's certainly 
the case insofar as there are such things as cosmic regularities. So it was the dream of astrology that there was some relationship between the movement of the planetary bodies and the fixed stars and human destiny. And that's what drove us to build the first astronomical observatories and to also determine that there was a proper time for planting and a proper time for harvesting and a way of orienting yourself in the world, for example, by using the North Star. It's also the poetic ground that enabled us to identify the notion that you could look up and orient yourself towards the heavens and that there was a metaphorical relationship between that and positioning yourself properly in life. And at a deeper level, the the, the cosmos was the place that the human imaginative drama was externalized and draped itself out into the world as something that was essentially observable so that we could derive great orienting fictions from the observation of our imagination. But so much of what eventually manifests itself as hardcore pragmatic scientific belief has its origin in wild flights of poetic fantasy. And it's also the case, by the way, that that's actually how your brain is organized, as far as I can tell, that when you, and, and it isn't just me, I actually, it, it's, it's, there's, there's a, a very large, what would you call it, research literature outlining the relative functions of the right and left hemisphere. And it certainly appears to be the case that when we encounter something absolutely unknowable or unknown, what we do is drape that unknown thing in fantasy as a first pass approximation to the truth and then refine that fantasy as a consequence of, of iterative critical analysis. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.